0: Good afternoon, everybody. Mike Banner here, host of the 62 Who Knew television show. Thank you for being here. I hope this last week since we've seen you uh, finds you and yours safe and healthy, which in today's world is two things you have to concentrate on above all else, and I hope that's how we found you. Today we're going to have a, a fantastic show, uh, but before we get to that, as always, let me explain the premise of the 62 Who Knew television show. We have uh, close to 80,000 viewers per week. Uh, We have grown in the last 16 months from zero, which we're very proud of. Um, But each week we get new members, or I should say new viewers. And I want you to understand exactly what we try and do here every week. And um, quite frankly, so super excited about tonight's guest because this is definitely 62 who knew at its best. But for those of you that are first time viewers, All of us, as we approach the age of 62, I just turned 62, oh, about six weeks ago, but since my late 50s, I've been thinking about that 62 age, and like my father, and his father before him, and his father before him, I had certain thoughts, certain questions. Should my home be free and clear when I retire? Should I have long-term care insurance, and did I make a big mistake by not buying it earlier in life? Do I still need my life insurance? After all, I bought it to protect my children decades ago. My children are all older and doing great. Do I switch it to my grandchildren? Do I need final expense insurance? Uh, Oh, my God, I'm a few years away from Medicare. How about Medicare supplemental policies? All of us, as I said, me, you, our fathers and mothers, and their fathers and mothers, have the same questions as we approach retirement. And retirement is always around that 62 mark granted in today's world many people are working well into their 60s and 70s but it is that 62 mark where you have an option of taking social security which is another big question in everyone's mind should i take the social security or should i defer it to a later age and get a bigger check and keep working the questions don't stop but my generation the baby boomers some of our generation because that's most of our audience, we have one different hurdle to jump, one different bump in the road to overcome. You can pick whatever uh, you know, uh, connotation you want, and that is longer lifespans. When you think about longer lifespans in this country, statistics say that if you get to 65, and please notice I said if you get to 65, not if you get to 65 healthy, If you make it to 65 in this great country, because of modern and scientific and medical breakthroughs in the last 20 to 30 years, your odds are 50-50 that you're going to make it to 90, 90 years old. At 62, you're going to make it to 90. Many of us are going to make it to 92 and above. So the premise of this show was, or is, and continues to be, who knew at 62? you still had 30 years left. Who knew you still had half the time you've been here left? So it's an incredible thing, longer lifespans. But make no doubt about it, it's a double-edged sword. It's a mixed blessing because statistics show less than 1% of this great country is capable of living the last 30 years of their life with a high quality of life, financially, emotionally, intellectually, A lot of us are going to be working well into our 70s and 80s. So the purpose of 62 Who Knew is to bring on a guest or sometimes a panel of guests to discuss all the topics that I brought up in the beginning that have to be approached so your last 30 years are your best 30 years. And uh, that's something that means a lot to almost everybody in the country. And if it doesn't mean a lot to you, maybe you're one of that 1%. It means a lot to your relatives that are not blessed to be part of that 1%. So that's what 62 Who Knew is about. Thank you for being here to our, our viewers that have been with us for 15 months and keep growing. Thank you. And to the new people, boy, you picked a, uh, a great show to come in on. Let me give you just a little bit of the bio of our guest. Because if I did too much of his bio, um, not only would I probably embarrass him, but I'd take too much time. Our guest tonight is Mr. Matt McCann who is nationally known expert on long-term care insurance and planning. You know that that's one of 62 who News most sensitive and most popular topics. Long-term care insurance, one of the most misunderstood products in the country and with longer lifespans, one of the most important, timely and relevant topics in this country. Mr. McCann is the president and founder of Matt McCann Long-Term Care Insurance Solutions, He has helped literally thousands and thousands of people over the years of his career, a little over 20 years, and he's been the pioneer of a couple of things, and um, we're going to talk to him about a few things tonight. Number one, and there we have uh, Mr. McCann and his website. Please look at that. We're going to be having this posted throughout the show so you can access it, but Matt has been doing business virtually and online slash online. For many years, in fact, is the number one person in the long-term care insurance industry to do business in 50 states online. Not because COVID-19 forced him to, like we've been forced in all our industries. He was doing it years before that and helping people throughout the country. He is licensed in all 50 states. Matt is also the publisher of LTC News, which is one of the, I won't say one of them. I'll say the largest and the best, there it is, consumer-facing websites on long-term care insurance in the country. So many great websites out there. I mean, from the biggest companies, we have had so many guests on, they have beautiful websites, but this is a staggering site that is consumer-facing, and uh, we're really so glad uh, to have Mr. Matt McCann here uh, to talk about a few things. Matt, welcome for the first time but I hope not the last to 62 who knew. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here, Mike. Uh, You've got a great show and glad I'm part of it. I hope you're a big part of it from, from today forward. I want to get right to business with you because I know you do so many of these things across the country. You're a national speaker, but it's just amazing to me how quick the hour goes. But I am going to ask you the same question I have asked, the same first question, I have asked everybody that's ever been on, whether they were a long-term care person or a reverse mortgage person or a nutritionist or anything, what brought you in your youth, because you're not that old now and you've been in it 20 years, why is everybody younger than me? I just don't get it. That's a topic for another show. I used to be the young guy in, in the thing. No more. What brought you, obviously in your 20s, To the long-term care insurance world, so many people I ask that, it's a very personal story. But why did you come to that industry 20-plus years ago?
1: That's an interesting question in that I think you're right. Uh, Many of the top people in the long-term health care industry, in whatever facet it may be, uh, have a personal story. Uh, My mom, at age 59, went through a health event and ended up in a nursing home. So I saw firsthand what happened to my family, physically, emotionally, obviously, financially. And around that time, I was working in the broadcasting industry um, and uh, there were some changes in the Chicago marketplace. Um, I was looking for a a new opportunity. All my job offers were outside of Chicago and I saw an ad in the Chicago Tribune for long-term care insurance. And I thought, well, I can do that temporarily. I kind of understand what's going on with nursing homes and home care and that sort of thing. So I started temporarily selling long-term care insurance in 1998. So I've been doing this temporarily ever since. (laughs) And since that time, of course, um, I have go through the claims process with my clients. Uh, When I first started, the average age of my client was 68. So I was much younger than my client's. Today, the average age of my client is 52. So now I'm a little bit older than my clients. I don't like that trend, but there's a lot of people obviously <laughs> interested in planning for their future long-term health care. Welcome to the club. Yeah, Absolutely. It's
0: a fantastic so, story.
1: You know, it's uh, good news and bad news. What you did say is longevity is a real issue. Um, if, you know, the advances in medical science allow us to survive health events and accidents that, you know, just 20 years ago we would not have. So we either recover and continue to age or we don't and need long-term health care. And that's really the the issue. Because when you look at, you know, whether you're 45, 50, 55, 62, uh, or whatever your current age is, how will your health change over the next 10, 15, 20 years? How will your body change? How will your mind change? And we, we know what the statistics are, but really the biggest statistic that I want to share with you is either it's going to happen or it won't. And how will you prepare yourself, your family, your finances for the tremendous cost and emotional and physical burden that long-term health care not only just brings to you, but the rest of the family as well.
0: Yes, yes. You know, it, and it, it, it always gives me the chills um, when either Peter or uh, Peter Gelbach or, or Mark Olberg or, or Bill Comfort quotes um, the statistics of the um, relatives, the caregivers of the actual person that is ill and how many times they get sick and predecease the person they're taking care of. I mean, I'm sitting here now in an office, you know, that's 72 degrees. And even as I say that, it gives me the chills that, you know, when somebody says, oh, I'm going to take care of my husband. And meanwhile, she's in her 70s or I'm going to take care of my wife. Who else is going to do it? And they don't know those statistics and they don't know the stress of it. Well, and
1: when they think about it, they think about how they are when they make the statement. Okay, you're 45 years old, you're 50, you're 55 years old, I can take care of my husband, I can take care of my wife. Or my son or daughter will take care of me. But there's a tremendous fact that we sometimes fail to remember. As we get older, our spouses, our sons, our daughters, and their families also get older. So... You're sitting now at 80 years old with a 62-year-old son or daughter. Are they going to have the physical strength and ability to provide long-term health care services? They may want to emotionally. Right. But will they have the physical health and strength to be a, a, a caregiver? And even if they do, and obviously many family members who are forced into that situation will do what they have to do. What is the impact on their health? What is the impact on their family? On their family, their spouse, their children, their careers. And sometimes we don't think about that. So one of the main messages that that I give people and when thinking about this is long-term care is a cash flow issue. We know that. We should know that. Cost of long-term health care is expensive. And it's going up, okay? But it's more than a cash flow issue. It is a family issue. And when I process claims, I'm usually dealing with the adult children, the adult son, the daughter, the the in-law. And one of the first things they mentioned to me, one of the first things they mentioned is the fact that their mom or dad had a policy. It gave them the gift of time. They actually had time to be family. There's a physical, emotional, and even a financial burden that the adult children face when they have a parent in a long-term care situation. So I look at long-term health care planning a little bit different because I understand it's more than just about money. It's about family. Family, finances, you have to look out at the entire spectrum because that impact is tremendous.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, it's very close to, you know, again, to hear your story about your mom and Peter's and Bill's and Mark's are very similar. Um, I took care of my dad the last year of his life. He lived with us the last several years. Um, and uh, I remember the first time um, that he fell down in the bathroom. He's a big guy, you know, POW, XP World War II POW, great guy. But, you know, he was 220 pounds, and as you can see from video, um, I'm no little guy. But lifting him was very difficult. And I remember him being embarrassed. I like, go, what are you embarrassed about? Stop. And then uh, yeah, I'm going to get a little personal here. The first time he actually had an accident in his bed, we had a home with two master bedrooms. And I came in and, and I helped him and I cleaned it up. And he looked at me. Again, this is a you know a World War II greatest generation guy, uh, you know, the old fashioned. And he went, this is not right. You shouldn't be doing this. And I said, Dad, that, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's not a problem. I, you know, and like a moron, because I've changed so many diapers in my life for my children and grandchildren. I said, didn't you do this when I was younger? And my father gave blunt answers. That's that generation. He went, are you crazy? It was the 40s. I've never changed a damn diaper in my life. Your mother did that. I said, okay, wrong example. But this is not a problem, please. But the next morning when he walked out for breakfast... Um, he had congestive heart failure, so he um, was going little by little. He was still coherent, witty, uh, you know, losing weight, but doing good. He sat down with me at breakfast, and he said, I'm going to tell you something. I just don't want you to argue. I said, what? He said, get help. Now, he didn't have long-term care insurance. Uh, we had the best of everything, but he didn't have long-term care insurance. We were blessed to be able to afford it. He said, I, I don't want you helping me wipe myself. I don't want you picking me up from the floor. He said, I love you for it, but please, we got the money, hire somebody. And we were blessed to have the money, but so many people don't. And truthfully, as you said, giving me time to to give people time to have a family, I'm almost getting teary-eyed about this. When I did hire somebody, which was the next day, it did allow me to go back. I am getting a little carried away here. I'm sorry. It did allow me to go back to being his son. Rather yeah, than his caretaker. that, and that made the last six months of his life, for me and him, great. We talked sports, and, and when he was strong enough, I took him to my son's, you know, karate stuff, or or my daughter's cheerleading. His granddaughter and grandson. I didn't have to be the nurse, and um, I wish I would have done it six months earlier, um, because it gave us great quality time. Um,
1: It it brings up an important point, is that relationship dynamic. Um, Instead of being son, you were caregiver. And that changes the relationship. It adds a level of embarrassment. No matter how close you were. And that's why he decided, look, I'd rather have you as my son and not my caregiver. And, and, and that is really something that, that a lot of times people fail to think about until, of course, a crisis happens. And when we talk about advanced planning for the physical, emotional, and financial burdens that long-term care brings, we're, we're really talking about preserving the family unit to be family. So those embarrassing moments don't have to be embarrassing. You stay the son, you stay the daughter or the daughter-in-law, or the son-in-law. Um, and you can be loving and supporting, talking about baseball or the upcoming football season or
0: God forbid. Well, how pretty his Hopefully, nurse
1: was. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to offend soccer fans out there, but I don't consider that a sport. But whatever your oh, relationship You and I is, have so much in common. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever your relationship happens to be, um, it can be preserved, and of course, you know, as you saw when you 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 provided the uh, paid care for your dad. It's not cheap, even if you are fairly well-to-do. When you talk about four, five, six, seven thousand dollars a month in today's dollars, depending on where you live, mm-hmm. uh, that's a lot of cash flow going out the door. That yeah. doesn't need to be going out the door. You didn't work all your life just to spend it on long-term health care because we want to uh, protect the legacy. But more importantly for a couple, we want to protect the lifestyle of the other couple. Typically, in a a couple dynamic, it's generally the the wife because something happens to the guy usually first. Yes. Not all the time. It didn't happen that way with my parents because my mom happened first at age 59. Me too, Uh, me too. So so that way we can pr- protect lifestyle and legacy for, for the generations down the road. I mean, one of the, one of the things a lot of people mentioned to me is the, their desire to, to make sure that their grandchildren, for instance, have college. College, you know, is extremely expensive. It's not yes. getting cheaper. It may change because of COVID and, and where you go, but it's not going to be cheap and you you sit down and you think about what are the priorities in life obviously you want to protect your own lifestyle your own well-being you want to enjoy your future retirement but beyond that what are you going to do with all your savings and investments okay Mm -hmm. for your kids your grandkids whatever it might be uh having something in place will safeguard savings and investments and i think really give you and the rest of the family a lot of extra peace of mind it's yes. one less thing to
0: worry about in a world that, at the moment, we have lots of things to worry about. Boy, do we. Let's get to that for a second, but we might be remiss. I'm going to take 10 seconds. Uh, our producer, John Gaston, who is also the president and founder of WeBeam TV. God, I love him. John, thank you for taking the camera off me for a minute to get my composure. I, just, I love you, man. Um, I'm going to ask you a question because, you know, everybody in the mortgage world, the long-term care world, the health world, but well, when we get back to normal, there's gonna be a lot of things that don't get back to normal. That normal is now, it's not coming back. And I know that's one of your expertises. You know, what in the long-term care insurance world or for in, your, in your other vast knowledge, in the, in the health world, that this is it. Even when we're not wearing masks, even when we're going back to baseball and football games and hockey games, This is normal. I'd like to get your input on that. What has changed in our lives permanently?
1: There's a lot of things that have changed, and some of it is change permanent, or at least permanent in the years and years ahead. Let's start with what's happening at long-term care facilities. Um, They were not prepared for a virus which could infect an individual with zero symptoms coming into their facility, and then quickly infecting residents and staff. And as we all know, unfortunately, uh, one of the the biggest groups of people uh, who are dying from COVID-19 are those 75-plus. People with comorbid health issues, uh, immune systems that uh, are not 100 percent and, and you, when you think about who's going in and out of a nursing home or an assisted living facility, you've got staff, you've got family, you've got the residents. An assisted living facility, obviously, you sometimes have healthy spouses living with them as well. And then you have vendors of, of so many uh, coming in and out. And it's really simple. If someone has the flu symptoms, you don't let them in. The problem with this crazy virus is you can be infected and not know it yet you could be extremely infectious to other people so one of the things they've done is put in protocols to to prevent this uh one of the things is you know probably in in watching tv listening to the radio and uh, reading the media on the internet is most facilities in most states are limiting access uh of the residents so family is not able to 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 visit their relatives, that presents a whole nother set of emotional and psychological problems for the resident and, and the rest of the family as well. Why does it? But in order to protect the resident, they have limited that. Now, many states allow cameras uh, that are being installed in a resident's room, and there's communication like Zoom, like we uh, like you're seeing me now, um, which makes it a little bit easier. So they're doing the same thing with vendors. Uh, they're monitoring staff and doing the protocols uh, similar to like what you would see with Major League Baseball uh, with the you know testing on an ongoing basis. The cost involved is tremendous. We already see, at least with long-term care facilities, that their profit margins are typically under 3% of those that are actually making money. And many of them, over half, are not making money. Some of them may not survive. So we're going to see cost of long-term health care in facilities go up. Now, when we look at adult daycare and home care, obviously the protocols of home care providers are are being put in place uh, because you're dealing with an individual or two. It's a little bit easier Uh, We're going to see more people have their long-term care delivered at home than ever before. Um, And sometimes this might mean 24-7 home care to keep them out of the facility. So we're going to see these changes, these higher costs, the protocols being put in place. Um, COVID-19 is not going to mysteriously disappear. We may eventually have a vaccine Uh, But just like the flu vaccine, it's not going to be 100% effective for everyone. um, And this will be an ongoing problem. So when you look at the higher costs of care, that's going to have an adverse effect, not just on families and their future and current uh, retirement assets, but on government too. Uh, So most long-term health care is paid for by Medicaid, the medical welfare program. Um, and a good chunk of those people were not poor at the start. In other words, they went through the spend down of assets to qualify them for Medicaid. In other words, they became poor because of a long-term healthcare situation. That puts tremendous pressure on the American taxpayer. And, of course, none of us like paying taxes, um, and that's not going to change. Uh, but government continues sure. on all levels to keep spending money, and this is another budget item that is going to have to be addressed, uh, which means that long-term care insurance is going to become even more important for uh, the country because those that, can, that have assets that can transfer some of that risk will be able to uh, help the Medicaid program uh, be sound and preserve that program for those who truly need it, and that's the core. And then finally, from an underwriting perspective, we are seeing obviously a lot of claims for long-term care because of COVID-19. Obviously in the news, we, we hear of course about death and that gets the, the headline for obvious reasons, but uh, we see a lot of people that are moving from complete independence to dependency as a result of COVID-19. One of the problems with COVID-19, it affects the lungs, um, and even it (laughs) recovery,
0: Yeah, and we have a little minor technical difficulty there, as Matt froze. Um, not in real life, I hope, just technologically. There he is. Matt, are you back? I, I'm oh. here. Did, you, did I drop out? You, you uh, froze for about 10 seconds just when you were about to give the winning lottery numbers. It was just really amazing. You know, it, it's uh, too bad.
1: You, you, hopefully you wrote them down because you can read lips, but everyone else, oh, I will next time.
0: He, um, you froze for about 10 seconds. That's about it. Please continue. Uh, anyhow, I, I was just saying that this is going to be an issue
1: for, for, for um, insurance from an underwriting standpoint. We now have to ask questions about, you know, have you been traveling outside the continental United States in the last 60 days? Uh, have you been around an individual that has been diagnosed with or had symptoms of COVID-19? Have you in fact been infected with COVID-19 yourself? There are waiting periods and there is going to be uh, health issues that the insurance industry is going to look at that you might have permanent side effects because of a COVID, COVID infection that make it more difficult or in some cases impossible to insure. And remember, it's your good health today that gives you the opportunity to plan. You can't all of a sudden have a health event and say, "Gee." i am going to call and get long-term care insurance because i was just diagnosed with parkinson's disease Right. can't do that you must health qualify and that's why the best time to plan is typically in your 40s and 50s when you still enjoy fairly good health and of course premiums are much lower because premiums are based not just on the benefits that you apply for but your age and health
0: mm-hmm. You brought up something earlier also that's always been staggering to me. You know, what you've been talking about, what we've talked about with other experts like yourself, you know, is something that touches almost every family. I mean, you may be one of the lucky 1% that has X amount of millions in the bank and cost of anything means nothing to you, but the rest of your family probably isn't. So this is something, this topic that touches everybody in the country. Young, older, and different, because as we discussed, if mom and dad are suffering and you're a good child or a good grandchild, you're, you're suffering to a point with them. Yet none of I'll the tell you a quick story about, that, about
1: it. One of my clients, I can't tell you the name because of uh, medical privacy. Obviously. You would know him, okay? A major CEO was on TV all the time, and uh, he bought a policy. And I normally don't ask the question, but but after I delivered the policy, I asked him, Tell me, blank, why did you do this? So he looked at me kind of like this. He had glasses, he took his glasses off and said, Son, and I knew I was in trouble when he went there. Absolutely. Son, I I didn't get to where I am today by making stupid decisions. This little check that I'm giving you today. Well, take care of it. It is now your problem, not mine. I spend more on a weekend ago than I'm going to pay a year for this policy. So why would I not want to take advantage of it? Hello? Okay.
0: Seconds. I'm not out. Can you hear me? I'm not out. Okay. <laughs>
1: Anyhow, I, I I heard you. So uh, hopefully, our audience uh, listened. The the point is, whether you're rich or just you know uh, trying to get by, uh, and and hopefully have a nice retirement when you retire eventually, um, a long-term care policy can be customized. They're custom designed, and in 45 states, the long-term care partnership program. Uh, allows you dollar-for-dollar dollar asset protection. So even a small policy can safeguard savings and, again, as we mentioned already, give your family the time to be family.
0: Yeah, that that's very big. And something that Mark Goldberg says all the time, and I've learned so much from Mark, is that as much as this is health insurance, long-term care insurance is also wealth insurance. Um which which is a good thing. But what I started to say before is, even though this is a presidential election year, but in any year, you don't hear this on CNN. You don't hear it on Fox News. There is a long-term care epidemic in this country for at least the last 20 years. COVID-19 has put us over the top, but at least the last 20, 30 years, this is an essential topic at a dining room or kitchen table in almost every family in this country, but I guess it's not glitzy enough. It doesn't get you votes. Um, I guess no one wants to be the, the network news or the cable news that brings up that longer lifespans is a double-edged sword. It's so vital, but yet the big boys don't talk about it and the, and the politicians don't talk about it.
1: Well, the politicians don't talk a lot about it because the public itself is in a relative level of denial. Yes. And, you know, from a public policy standpoint, politicians are bombarded with all sorts of of issues. And they're naturally going to concentrate on the items that more people talk about.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. Or
1: we get to a crisis and then they are forced to deal with it. Are close to a long-term care crisis in the United States and, matter of fact, the entire world today. Longevity is a major public policy issue, and when I remember when uh, well, Rosalind Carter uh, talked about way in the in the seventies about you're either going to be a caregiver or know a caregiver at some point in your lifetime, and people kind of scratched her, their heads and said, "What's she talking right. about?" And then George W. Bush, when he was running for president in 2000, talked about the need for long-term care insurance and long-term care planning because aging was going to be an issue and everyone kind of fell asleep and didn't pay any attention and and just wanted to hear him talk about tax cuts. Okay, now we're excited. Okay, fine. But today uh, we are hearing candidates, both
0: Most your sound again, unfortunately. I don't know if they're hearing me either.
1: I, I hear you just fine. You do not right, hear me.
0: I just lost your for about five seconds.
1: Okay. But, but, but the point is, we're, we're now hearing uh, some public policy debate on long term care. Yes. That will eventually get the media some attention. But remember, I used to be in the media. The media is looking for these hot-button issues to get people all excited and want to yell at each other. I mean, if you watch Fox and CNN and MSNBC, what are they doing? They got the split uh, screen, and they're yelling at one person. The other person's yelling at the other. You know, that's what gets ratings, I guess, and and God love them if that's what they want to do. But eventually, every one of those hosts and every one of those reporters is going to have a mom, a dad, an aunt, or an uncle, or maybe a spouse right. have a health event and need long-term care. And they're going to say, we need to be talking about this issue uh, every night at 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night. Uh, and every news organization on Sunday morning is going to have to have a roundtable on long-term care. We're on the cutting edge of this because we know for a fact it's a problem and I think it's going to spread. That's why you have the yes. viewers that you have on your show. And it's going to get bigger because the public is not stupid. They are they are firsthand seeing what's happened to, happening to their families because of long-term health care. And they think that health insurance or Medicare pays for
0: Oh, yeah. That also drives me crazy. You know, when I bring – now, I'm not an insurance person. I don't have a license. I, I want to get a license, but I'm too busy writing mortgages. <clears throat> Um, and if I had a time machine, if I could go back 38 years, that's how long I have my insurance license. Excuse me, my mortgage license, I think I would get an insurance license. But that aside, because of people like yourself, you know, I've learned so much. And when I talk to somebody about, do you want to talk to my friend Peter or Mark or Bill about long-term care insurance? And they come back and go, who needs that? I have Medicare. I'm covered for everything in the world. I almost want to grab them and shake them. And I, I'm not even an insurance person. I go, no, no, you're so wrong. How is that still prevalent in our society? I, you know, I, I, it, when
1: I tell people that, you know, they're basically limited to 100 days of skilled care per diagnosis. So you could have multiple events over the course of your lifetime uh, with Medicare and your Medicare supplement. And that no health insurance or Medicare or Medicare supplements pay for what we call long-term custodial care, which is help with basic activities and daily living or supervision due to a cognitive decline. Many people are still amazed. Oh, that can't be. Uh, Absolutely, you, you are responsible for long-term health care, and that means you roll the dice and hope for the best, lose, spend your money and go on Medicaid, or you find an affordable solution. And there are several types of long-term care insurance options that are available, Uh, but you're responsible. Uncle Sam is not responsible for your long-term care unless you're poor. You are. Your family yes. And that's the bottom line.
0: The, the other um, thing that drives, again, me crazy is when they go, look, I don't need that nursing home coverage. And again, as Mark Goldberg is fond, fond of saying, this is anti-nursing home coverage. It's not nursing. And again, as, as a non-insurance person, I just want to grab them Who you're a moron. If you don't have this, that's exactly where you will be. Eating sludge, trapped, you know, in a Petri dish when COVID-20 hits. That's where you'll be, in the Petri dish. They don't get it. Most long-term
1: care claims start at home. Half the long-term care claims end at home. Long-term care insurance of the variety that are available out there gives you the tools and the resources to be able to maintain control and independence in your own home, in your family member's home, or if you want a facility like assisted living, what have you. You get to choose. You're not going to be dictated. It is certainly not nursing home insurance. It is a tool to avoid or at least delay a nursing home.
0: Yes. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you... Um, Time is just flying by, but we're still good. No one is really talking about also because nobody wants to hear the negatives. You know, so many seniors were lost, you know, in the facilities. And again, the thought of of them dying alone, you know, not surrounded, you know, uh, by their uh, loved ones is a a very rough thought. But for those who survived, do we have enough statistics yet to actually talk about what the damage to their lungs and heart might have been? But this survival no. and how it can still shorten their lifespan?
1: Yeah, that's the great unknown. And, and that's why some of the debate, for instance, with Major League Baseball, the NFL, college football, is, okay, you may get COVID and have no symptoms. However, has there been damage and how will that affect you 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road? So, fast forward, you're now you know 82 years old. You get COVID. You didn't die But what's that going to do to your health in the the few years down the road? We don't have an answer to that. That is kind of scary. And and certainly, you know, you can overblow anything, including that. But it is an unknown. This is an unknown virus from the standpoint is that we don't know the long-term impact, even post-infection. We're going to learn that in the years ahead. I mean, we know about the flus and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, the flu is a dangerous uh, virus. People die every year because from of the, the flu. flu. Yes, there's a vaccine, but that doesn't make uh, 100% uh, prevent from infection. And a lot of us don't take the flu virus or the flu vaccine. I do every year. I get. I will be getting my flu vaccine, but there's some people that are anti uh, vaccine, which is a whole, perhaps another topic for an upcoming show. Yeah. But, uh, we don't know these things and all we can do is prepare and educate ourselves on, on the facts. Ideally, you want to prevent infection. Don't get it in the first place. Um, I've got a mask. When I go out, you know what I do? I put on my mask. And I'm putting on my mask not to necessarily protect myself, although there's some help for that. I'm putting on the mask to prevent
0: you from infection. Simple people thing. don't now, get do that. I like wearing people it. Don't no, get of that the not. mask no doesn't does. protect you, it protects the people you're around. A- a- absolutely. You wash your hands. Um, I have the,
1: the little, uh, what do you call it, the antiviral stuff. Yeah. Uh, you, you do simple things. You know, if, if you're in line at a grocery store or whatever, six feet apart. Come on. Mm-hmm. Common sense. It, it's not a political issue. Okay? Uh, you know, They're trying I trying to make to it mean, into one, but it's but, not. It's not. I lean to the right. I wear my mask. I don't think it's a political issue. And if you lean to the left, you wear your mask. You know what? In the end, we're all human beings. We want to That's protect right. each other. We want to protect our family, and we want to protect strangers, whether we realize that or not. We probably rather protect strangers, and I hope we can so. do simple things. And that's one of the things that you can do.
0: Now, you brought up uh, something also earlier. You said it's the greatest secret, um, which is um, you part know, you your doing joint—I don't know if the word is joint ventures—but partnering with financial planners and doing other things. Can you delve into that a little? Because again, I think. I know. Well, you just because I've spoken throughout the country, they're not most of them. The great—I I didn't hear all the question. Hopefully, you still have me. Uh, I believe. Oh, I have you. Was- what I said was. I've spoken with some great long-term, uh, excuse me, certified financial planners throughout the country because I speak about reverse mortgages nationally. Right. And right. admittedly so, they admit this. They may know so much about bonds and securities and the proper investments. They are not long-term care insurance no. experts. And I think because of that, that topic is being shunned at the dining room table and it shouldn't be. It, it is,
1: and I do work with financial advisors around the country who are smart enough to understand they're not the expert. I'm not going to try to to sell mutual funds and all that. I, that's beyond my ability. I'm a long-term care solution specialist. But I think financial advisors have to understand, and general insurance agents as, as well, they can partner with someone like myself to help their clients. Because people who are specialists, like myself, understand the nuances every insurance company not only has a different price point but they have different underwriting criteria and then of course what i was talking about is the federal partnership program available in 45 states which you mm-hmm. can uh, have the dollar for dollar asset protection offered by the program so you can get the shelter part of your estate no matter what happens you have a ronald reagan scenario you will never run out of assets and how many states is that, that a
0: long what's that how many states did you say? 45. I, I never knew the number was that big. Yeah, it's incredible. 45 states people have, don't know about that. No, they, they don't. And and, and the, the partnership program
1: is a huge retirement secret. So, for example, let's say you, you have your house and you have $700,000 of savings in your 401k, okay? With a relatively small long-term care policy, you're able to Shelter most of that estate. And even if you had Alzheimer's like Ronald Reagan and went through all the benefits, you'd be able to still qualify for for Medicaid and not be poor. That is huge. And, you know, that's one aspect, one aspect that a a specialist like myself can can offer a consumer uh, in order to plan properly and it's not expensive it is a misnomer to think that long-term care planning is expensive it is a lie it is fake news um, it is amazing some of the the news stories in mainstream oh, yeah. media talking about long-term care insurance that is absolutely factually inaccurate and so i can bring facts and a consumer can make a decision uh, that will fit their budget and give them the peace of mind that they definitely want as they go forward uh, at age 62 and beyond.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and again, with uh, with what I've learned from past guests, there really is a, a myriad of programs right now. I know there was a time where uh, the, the, the future of long-term care insurance may have been in question, MetLife dropped out, GenWorth dropped out, but now with the different cash policies um, the different combination policies uh, where you can buy you know um, uh, there really is a lot of a lot of options out there for that person with seven hundred thousand in the bank, and quite frankly that person with thirty two thousand in their four hundred one k sometimes he yeah. thinks he can 't afford long term care insurance he needs it worse than anybody
1: yeah you bring up a really good point uh, there are several solutions from from these hybrid plans that combine life insurance or annuities with a rider for long-term care to your traditional long-term care policies, be it partnership or, or, or not, and then even limited duration or short-term plans that can provide a year or two of care. And what we do as a specialist is we learn about the consumer, uh, not only about their health and finances and their family history, uh, what their desires are, what are their concerns, and then we can make uh, uh professional recommendations with accurate quotes so they have something specific to think about and, and it's quite simple. you get to do it similar to like we're talking right now and there is absolutely no pressure. I'm certainly not the only person uh, that does it this way. there's a there's a handful of us uh, in, in the country. you've mentioned uh, you know uh, like Mark Goldberg there's there's a number of people like that. I can go through a handful of names. But most insurance agents aren't able to do that, and of course, because I represent all the major players, all the major brands, uh, we can really pinpoint the right plan for the right individual so they can shop for the best coverage and the best value, assuming it's even appropriate. And that's a big assumption, because one of the things that I'm going to find out is, is this even suitable for you? It might not. There are just as many pe- uh, times I tell people, "You know what?" this is not for you as there are people that say this is for you. And this is the plan that I would recommend.
0: That's the difference between somebody that imparts knowledge and does something right and a super salesman. And there's nothing wrong with being a super salesman. Um, but a super salesman's going to sell you that 2013 Chevy Impala. Um, <laughs> and, and the, and the super salesman with a conscience, is going to go, no, that's not right for you. Um, And and I think that's why, uh, you know, we we try and just have the type of people um, with your way of looking at things, with your integrity, uh, with your pride and what you do here on the show. There's a lot of great salesmen out there. Even, you know, I want this to be a full LTC show, so I'm not going to pitch reverse mortgages. But over the years, as I've interviewed loan officers, oh, I'm telling you, Mike, I'm telling you, you put me in a a senior's house, I'll convince them into a reverse mortgage. You don't convince somebody into a reverse mortgage. It's either advantageous for them to have it and increases their cash flow and their quality of life, or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, they shouldn't get it. Um, It's rough that we have to, um, you know, that we always have to sell. We are salesmen but it can be done the right way.
1: Yeah, no, that's an absolutely important point. Uh, my goal is to determine if this is suitable, and if so, do you health qualify? And once we get through that, then we can find out what is the best solution for you, and, and something for you may be totally different than the next person, because I, I am in every state. Uh, I've got clients coast to coast, and uh so every region is different uh cost of care varies dramatically um one thing we're going to to see is more people moving uh there have been uh, for instance people are moving out of new york city out of chicago out of la in droves because they're all working remotely they don't need to be there anymore so what that means in our industry of course is if uh, you're no longer going to live in New York City and you're going to go to Nashville. Okay, Nashville, one of the uh, huge place people are going to, uh, Charlotte. A beautiful place. Another one. Uh, cost of care is less there. You don't need as much protection if you're going to be in those places. And that's one of the questions that I ask. And I think we're going to see a bigger trend of people moving out of major metro areas where the cost of care is very expensive. And because you can work anywhere, you can have a good quality of life and whatever money you have goes a lot farther in in, in, in Nashville or in San Antonio or wherever uh, than it does in New York, Chicago, or LA. Uh, mm-hmm. But these are things that that a true long-term care specialist will ask, what are your plans? Right. What are you thinking about? And hey, you're living in Pittsburgh, you going to stay in Pittsburgh? Oh all your kids are are where they're in Atlanta, okay? you're going to move there after retirement we We have to ask those questions. I ask a ton of questions, and that's absolutely key so if a if one of your viewers gets pitched to buy insurance and all they are is hearing a pitch and they're not being asked a lot of questions, then they should run and run fast.
0: yeah well, so, yeah, you brought up another thing that's the great mystery. as we were talking before about the long-term effects of COVID, um, and it's probably worth a whole show, but the economic effects of COVID, I mean, people that were forced to work from home, including myself, I don't like working from home, and I happen to be back in my office, but there's also about six people in this entire four-story building because of COVID-19, and I think we're going to see a commercial office glut that could be a different recession that this country is used to. You could see a a skyscraper in New York, you know, that is 80 stories and 40 stories of that is empty, not because people are happy to work at home, but the entrepreneur that owns that stock brokerage company that was paying $125 a foot is going, wait a minute, business was great and they were working from home and I wasn't paying rent. Um, COVID-19 is, is, is we're gonna see changes from COVID-19 probably for the rest of this century, and and I'm not exaggerating.
1: Our cities are going to change because of that, because people do not have to be in an office most of the time. They are working successfully from home. I have been doing it for years and years and years, and I wouldn't go back to an office. I mean, if I stood up, you would see what I'm wearing under, you know, and it's just shorts, and I usually wear a T-shirt you, you promise season. you are wearing something, though. <laughs> I so, have your word. but oh, you froze up again, I think. But, I said, I um, have your
0: word, though, you are wearing something, right? I, I am.
1: I assure okay, you, I, I to make am sure. wearing real shorts, not, not anything else. Yeah, no. but <laughs> but I, I these are the things that we have to consider. I know on on ltcnews.com there's a cost of care calculator so you can see the both current and future cost of long-term care wherever you may consider living in the country. And uh, there's lots of resources there, plus my own website. And if you talk to a specialist like myself, whether it be me or someone else, they should go over that and ask you a lot of questions uh, to give you the proper recommendations.
0: Well, Matt, thank you so much. We got a little less than a minute to go. I, I must have 20 more questions for you, but we have a little less than a minute to go. Please, to all our viewers, uh, go to www.McCannLTC.net. You have to do that, but you also must go to LTC News. This is the best consumer-facing website I've ever seen. Uh, the information is staggering. Uh, Matt, I hope this is the first, uh, first of many visits to us. Thank you so much. I want to thank uh, Mark Goldberg for introducing me to you. I want to thank uh, Bill Comfort for his constant input. Uh, I want to thank Carol Golden from what I've learned from her. And then, of course, I have to thank Peter Gelbwachs for introducing me to all of you. Or I'd be sitting home now going, what should I do next? That's thanks to Peter Gelbwachs. Um, we're going to have some great shows. Thank you so much, Matt. See everybody next week. Please stay healthy and stay safe.